If you want heaps good history, a little touch of mystery, with lots of hilarity, it's Adderall. Welcome to Adderall. Each episode, we share stories from South Australia's unique and often hilarious history. Each episode, Dan, that's me, and my mate Tom, that's me, get together over a local beer and share a story about a piece of essay history. Now, this could be a place, a person, celebrity, icon, or event. Neither truly knows what the other is going to bring to the table. I'm a born and bred South Aussie uh, with a wealth of local memories dating back about three decades. Uh, Tom moved to Adelaide in 2003 at the age of 15 and brings a touch of the outsider's p- perspective. Sensational. Got all the way to the last word. Messed it up. <clears throat> nah, wait, no, do, you, right. do you want to just crack on? Nah, just crack on. Yep. So what's local beer? Let's crack beer that. Beer of the week this week is the Prancing Pony Prancing Pony Brewery, which is based out at Mount Barker. And you stole this beer from your wife. I stole this beer from my yep. wife. She just came in and yelled at me. She didn't yell at me. She <laughs> told me sternly um, that this beer. is her beer, which it is. So uh, we thank you, Alice. Yep, she's um, feeding new baby at the moment, so um, obviously can't drink really. Um, so he just kind of tries to time it so that she you you know, got to do the time does the feed, yep. and then you have like a, a small drink, and then you yep. you wait your two hours, and when baby's ready again, you, yep. you know you can have a bottle of vodka in like two hours. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you'll be yeah, fine. Like as long fine. as like you're not feeding the baby in the next forty minutes. That's right. That's yep. right. Um, so uh, she, I bought some of these for her to drink because she really likes Prancing Pony, mm-hmm. and we. Because we're doing two episodes in one today, because we uh, we did the pilot already, and mm-hmm. we're doing a second episode so that we've got two to launch with. Oh, you've got to launch with two. got to launch with two. People want to. And um, we didn't want to just go have... Uh, we already had the Pirate Life golden... Which golden, was really good. Golden Ale, Golden Era. Yep, which is amazing. But I was like, oh, we need some more South Australian beer, and this is all I had in the uh, in the cupboard, so or in the fridge. So, yeah, the uh, Prancing Pony Brewery Amber Ale, we will sample it, and then um, I'll have to replace it by buying my wife... Probably a six-pack. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Well there done. Prancing Pony, Adelaide Hills. Um, I'll have the first sip. Oh, and then cheers, I'll Yeah, we are sharing one beer this Yeah, week. no, you go That's all right. You know, I'm going to try. All righty. Tell me what you think. Have you had any Prancing Pony before? I've had one Prancing Pony. I can't remember what the one Prancing it is. Pony, Much similar to the the Prancing Pony Red Ale it won an award mm. at the London Beer Festival. Best beer in the world. All right, Best it? beer in the world. There you go. Really? Shoe, Governor. Best oh, in the world. That's, yeah. that's your accent there. Well, speaking of beer, uh, oh, we're going to crack on to this week's story. Beer is the topic of this week. This is the story of Thomas Cooper. Uh, okay, I knew you so, were going to do it. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it's it. It's Cooper's week. Um, everyone's up in arms about whatever they may be thinking and whatever they may have done or may not have done. Yeah, so what's your understanding of what's going on? Uh, I, I, actually, I actually watched the video because I think a lot of people are jumping to judgment without watching the video, which happens a lot these days. Yeah. I actually watched the video about the Cooper's Brewery. And um, look, it's as... Like obviously, it's funded by the Bible Society, um, but you know clearly it's it's pretty much as civil as it gets for a discussion. They did have someone there for gay marriage, someone against. Sort I think of the a- issue though, these people that have with it is that they feel like it shouldn't be discussed. They're just like seventy six percent of Australians support marriage equality. Yeah, and before and we, we go, just- I, I support it fully. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I support the gays. Tom doesn't. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and I think that's why people are pissed off because they're basically just like it should be the law. It shouldn't yeah, even be about. You shouldn't right. even be discussing it. But also, like, if if you're gonna like care what companies think uh, and boycott companies for whatever their CEOs, directors may believe, then you can basically lose, yeah. lose half the stuff in your well, house. Yeah, like capitalism is pretty fucking horrible. Yeah. Um. So you know if you. If you're going to boycott companies on the way, on the basis of how they treat people, 
You've got nothing. You've got nothing. You've got like, nothing. You know, Stop I mean, driving your car. Stop. Well, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, a- Apple Apple treat their employees pretty horribly. Yeah. Same but, with Netflix. So yeah. but having said that. having said that, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know haven't bought any Coopers this week, and I won't be buying any until they come out and say really. Sorry, I'm I'm probably not going to boycott because I stand with like ah oh, well I'm not standing with what their belief was yeah. with the Bible study, but I stand with like ah oh, companies aren't going to sway my opinion, and if, and if you think companies are going to sway your opinion. Uh, or public opinion, then that's just ridiculous. Yeah, Particularly you, a shitty little Bible club video. Yeah. Which, yeah. did you did you watch it? No. I, I, see? It's so cringeworthy. It's like, you have to watch it. It's, we could do a whole Adderall on that. All right, I think we will. We'll yeah, do it. Definitely. Do it. We'll, we'll play it and dissect it bit for bit. Outstanding. But I, I, that could be probably be the next one. All right. Anyway, we'll do that. But anyway, Cooper's Brewery. Thomas Cooper is what we're talking about. Just a bit about the Cooper's Brewery. Good first Brewery. name. <sighs> I didn't even pick that up. Mm-hmm. The largest Australian-owned brewery. Uh, based in the Adelaide suburb of Regency Park, known for making a variety of beers, the most famous being the Pale Ale and the Sparkling Ale. Mm-hmm. Sparkling World's... Ale's bigger overseas. Yeah, Sparkling Ale's a big one. I went really to, big overseas. I went to Philadelphia, and they had it in a, yep. a fridge in a sort of a dive bar, yeah, that and it was like... way cheaper than it is here. Yeah, and in terms of like exporting beers to uh, to Asia, mm-hmm. like they love they love the, the Sparkling Ale. It's so Ale. strong. It's so strong. Yeah. Oh, it's so strong. Yeah, is up. it like 5.6 or 6% yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it'll really bring out And your... you drink it like it's a pale ale, but then you stand yeah. up and you go, Woo. It really brings out your beliefs on gay marriage. <laughs> 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 uh, its shares are primarily owned by the extended Cooper family, which we're going to get into today. Um, so here's how it all got started. Thomas Cooper. Smash it. Thomas Cooper was born 17 December 1826 in Carlton, North Yorkshire. Ooh, uh, come from Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, remember this story? Oh. We'll probably keep the inside jokes to a minimum, but okay. Tom does an excellent Yorkshire accent. Oh, don't mind a bit of Yorkshire. Oh, doesn't he just? Uh, he was the youngest of, get this, 12 children. Close your legs, ma. <laughs> Christopher and Sarah. His mum died when he was four. Not a good sign. She died from... <laughs> Severe vaginal bleed enough to give him birth to 14 kids. <laughs> and his dad, just two years later, so he was raised by... It his... took his own laugh because he couldn't bear to raise 14 fucking kids. <laughs> oh, this episode's going to be terrible. Uh, so he was raised by his sister, Anne. Uh, Although, Anne. <laughs> Thomas was apprenticed... To a shoemaker in his teens. Yep. By the late 1940s, six of the seven living children that were left, so like five had died. Far out. (laughs) I know, this is the 1800s. Times were tough in Yorkshire. (laughs) Started off making clogs. So they um, are so tough in Yorkshire, they're all dropping like flies, so they moved to Skipton. Where's where's Down to Skipton. No idea. Oh, it's so small. How do you not know where everything is? Uh, you don't, because there's 60 million people in oh, one island. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of the children had sort of kind of like lower end jobs, like domestic servants, housekeepers, shuttle makers and the such. One of my sisters <laughs> used to dig holes for a living. But they had jobs and that's what kept them going. <laughs> that's it. Well, a lot of people didn't have jobs. Like it was a shit hole and probably, you know. Uh, <laughs> probably still is. <laughs> Sorry to all our Skipton listeners. Sure, we built a big fan base up in the one episode. Uh, so, in 1849, he was 23 at this point. Thomas married Anne, not his sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. First Thomas, Thomas married Anne Brown. Ooh, different Anne, not my sister. 
<laughs> Anytime you do that accent, you've got to stop, man. Yeah. Ah, uh, their first child, William, born in 1950. Ooh, little Willie. <laughs> little Willie? Uh, and their second child, Sarah Ann, was born in 1851. I don't know. That's called Ann. Family name. His sister, his sister raised him. Sarah Ann, born in 1851. Uh, in 1852, Thomas and his wife, uh, so she was pregnant again, um, as you do. Keep your legs closed, missus. And their two, two children emigrated to the land of hope, South Australia. Oh, uh. <laughs> so, It's like Skipton, but bigger. No more making clogs for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thongs. Uh, now, what prompted Thomas to emigrate to South Australia in 1852 is really not clear. Um, we couldn't really find anything. Why? I guess it, it was kind of... Half his family was dead and he was miserable. That's right. And South Australia was kind of sold as like the land of hope um, for like people who were, I don't know, I guess had a shitty life in the UK. Oh, well, that's, that's, why, that's why you came here, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but um, at the time, various pamphlets uh, displaying the virtues of the new colony were being circulated by agents of the South Australian Company. Um, it just sounds made up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who do you work for? And also, what are the virtues? Like, obviously, mm. like South Australia is a wonderful place, and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Mm. But in 1842, what are the virtues of? Of oh, South, well, of South there's, Australia. Well, there's, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's the, the pamphlet. It was a blank pamphlet. It just yeah. said just South Australia. I mean, but beautiful nature. Yeah. But not much industry. No, not much industry. There's but not I, industry. I, I guess there's was... now jobs, which only tells me they've probably got need for clogs. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I guess that was probably the thing. It's like, oh, look, we need people to build this. There's going to be shit to do, so uh, get on it. Um, plenty of clogs to be worn, Anne. <laughs> right. Uh, Pack your stuff, Anne. I know you're pregnant again. Get on to the bus. Uh, the South Australian Company, which sounds fake, um, yeah, absolutely. was formed in 1836 by George Fife, so Angus like the, and others. Like the East India Company, right? It's just like, yeah. I, yeah, I guess. Sort of a trading company that goes back to the UK and gets workers and brings them out east. It seemed that way. It seemed like them voluntary to... slavery. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, this place is wicked, man. service or whatever it's called. You, you, you work for 10 years and then you get a piece of land. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah. yeah, it sounds like the, the mate who's calling you up at midnight saying, oh, this club's wicked. And you get there and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, um, oh, can, you, uh, can you get some mushrooms? <laughs> Uh, that's what drew into South Australia, the mushrooms. Uh, and the South Australian company, like, their job was promoting this new utopia. So in 1852, Thomas Cooper, his pregnant wife, and two children set sail on the, from Plymouth. Both on, called, both named Anne. <laughs> and everyone's just called Anne. Uh, on the SS Omega. During the 1860, during the 86-day voyage. Uh, that's, not, that's not bad. For the time? 86 days? Yeah. That's what, that's... No, that's like two and a half months. It's a long time. It is a long time. A lot can happen in that time. But to go, but to go from one side of the like the the planet to back in the day, yeah. a lot happened on that trip. Uh, during the eighty-six day voyage, there one... she had another kid named Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were the psychic, Tom. Um, <laughs> during the eighty-six day voyage, uh, where am I? Their one-year-old child, Sarah Anne, died. Oh God! But their third child was born as they rounded the. Cable. And they named it Anne. It's the Cape of Good Hope, and they named her Sarah Ann. Oh, come on! <laughs> In memory of her sister. Oh. Why would you do that? It's like that one died. Well, we've got one dead child. <laughs> Crushing defeat it was to discover that my child were dead on 86-day voyage. 
absolutely heartbroken. <laughs> Don't want to think about it ever again. Oh, God. But we're going to name the new one. Oh, we'll give it the same fucking name. Call us Sarah Ann, you will, Ooh. you will. Yeah, well, that won't make us think about our dead child every day. Every, every day when we, we stare into her eyes what? and think, oh, Sarah Ann, why does that name ring a bell? Oh, yeah, we had one on them already. <laughs> I reckon it was like a, um, like a ticketing thing. They're like, oh, well, we just call <laughs> We just call this one and they see us walking off the ship with yeah. two. Yeah, we won't You're have right. to pay again. It says, <laughs> it says under, under, under six months, go free. Fuck, she looks young for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, She's got wasting um, disease. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know how we were going to make jokes about dead children, but I knew, oh, like, Tom, Tom will have discovered that we fine. <laughs> Uh, well, the jokes write themselves down. I do. Sarah Ann. So Sarah Ann's his second child. Uh, don't get attached to too many of these children. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the family arrived in Port Adelaide on the 24th of August, 1852. Ooh, breathe in the air. Ooh. <laughs> it's like being back in Yorkshire. Sm- smells of death and shite. <laughs> Their first home was a rented two-bedroom cottage. <laughs> On Bridge Street, Kensington. So uh, they did move up. Oh, Port Adelaide to Kensington. Oh, Kensington. Ooh, move, ooh, fancy pants. Uh, right near the Rising Sun Inn, which is still there and operational. Have mm-hmm. you been? The Rising Sun Inn? Yeah, I've, I've never been. even heard I've, of it. I looked I've, it up. Yeah, yeah. And it's well, like a hotel that's still there and it still goes. And all right, we'll, like, go, we'll go record a we'll, podcast. Yeah, we'll do a podcast there. We'll do a podcast We'll there. get the Rising Sun Inn to sponsor it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll call them tomorrow. Uh, in the next... Ten years before he commenced his career as a brewer, and this ha- is happens so much time. Thomas worked in like a range of um, uh, occupations. Uh, initially, as a shoemaker, then a mason, of course, then clubs. a dairyman. Uh, while his wife Anne bore four more children, all named Anne, Mary Anne, born oh. in eighteen fifty-five. You are joking, no. Uh, John Thomas, boy, Christopher, and another girl, Annie Elizabeth. Oh come on! <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> oh, we'll change it up a bit. Oh. Uh, oh Annie, stop Annie. calling your kids Anne. Uh, somewhere. Um, it's for can, can, can with Anne. Uh, somewhere around here, like the second uh, Sarah Anne that was born on the ship also died, I think. I couldn't find okay. much more. Okay. This is, my, this is my read on Thomas Cooper and um, his, his worldview. He's have as many kids as you can, <laughs> call them all Anne. Right. If one dies. Doesn't matter because you got another one. Oh, man. Oh, you got another one called Dan. In 1856, he purchased land in George Street, Norwood. No, George Street, Norwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Um, And using his new skills as a mason, he built a house which he described to his brother back home in a letter as having six rooms, a cellar, and a passage, and 12-foot ceilings on account of the summer heat. He was proud of his house. And why wouldn't you be? Yeah, you could build yeah. a house in George Street, Norwood. It's got six bedrooms, one for every Anne. <laughs> This is and one and two and two and three <laughs> and four and five. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it makes he, he's pointing out his kids and he's saying <laughs> one and two and three and four oh and God, five. Tom. <laughs> oh God, uh, Tom's a dad, by the way. So mm. there's plenty of these jokes. Yeah. Um, in his letters back, that's home, why I think jokes about <laughs> dead children are so funny. <laughs> in his letters back home, he would constantly urge his brother and family to join him in South Australia. But this never eventuated. <laughs> Once again, it just sounds like the guy at the club. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's working like, undercover for the ooh, South Australian company. He's that brother, brother, brother number four. <laughs> You're dead, man. Uh, yeah. If I hope this letter receives you well, and you are not dead from lack of potato crop. <laughs> if you're interested, come down to 
South Australia. I can get down here, man. And spend a bit of time he's with the... He's full Aussie now. Yeah. He's full Aussie. He's, he's, he's gone. Fucking, I'm getting pissed down here, man. Heaps of beer. No, oh, I'm loving it. That's what he's saying. Because in 1862, he brewed his first recorded batch of beer, uh, simply named A. The letter A. Oh, <laughs> my God. For A. Of course. Of course. Um, the recipe was... <laughs> Four bushels of English malt, eight pounds of Kent hops, and 46 gallons of water. What's a Kent a- accent like? Um, well, that's where I grew up. Oh, okay. So it's like that. Well, mm, yeah, it varies massively, though, because right. you've got people in Canterbury who are a little bit posh. You've got the poor Kents and the rich and Kents. And you've got people in Midway <laughs> Towns who are like, oh, you're going geyser, yeah, no problem, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So it's a bit mixed, mixed, uh, mixed bag. Uh, the brew, A, was sampled by his neighbours. And his ale brew created more than a passing interest, and requests for more came in. I guess if you're giving out free booze, though. Like, well, yeah. Um, to be fair, like, yeah, I'll have more. It, would you like some beer? Yeah. Um, as long as it doesn't taste like home brew. <laughs> yes. This is every home brewer's dream, by the way, that I'm describing today. Like every yeah. home brewer sounds yeah. like, oh, I'm going to make beer. It's going to be so good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. going to want yeah. it. I'm again, go though, legit. again, though, it's like the Compilates thing, where it's like if you grow up in a time where you can start selling, you, you can start catching fish. And work your way up to a deli. That's right. You know, that's wonderful. If you grew up in a time where you can brew a bit of beer at home and mm. then turn it into like a, you know, a, a still master, master yeah. brewery, um, you're laughing. But that's for right. most of us, it's like there's already somebody else doing it better. Mm. Um, so, which this week is the Prancing Pony. Prancing Pony Brewery. They are <laughs> doing it very well. Very good job. That's yeah. really good. I, I usually would, I like, I wouldn't order that because I don't really like, um, like, I like really, you know me, I like really plain beers. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, a bit too fruity for you. Yeah, a bit, but it's really good. All right. All righty. Um, he knew, Thomas knew very little about the brewing trade. Apparently. Uh, that's <laughs> not a good sign. I tell you what, I know a lot about clogs, <laughs> and I know a lot about naming children. <laughs> Ask me what the best, finest girl's name is in the world, and I'll give you an honest opinion. <laughs> but when it comes to beer... I don't know, fuck all. <laughs> I've got no idea on the beer. Uh, but he did, he did all the work himself. He purchased, he called for orders. Brewing, washing, filling, corking, wiring. I don't know what wiring is, but wiring the bottles and delivering mm-hmm. the finished product. So he was like the guy. Like, he was the only guy doing this. Okay, okay. So, and his neighbours were like, yeah, if I can give us some more, Tommy. So this is colonial South Australia. Yeah. And not many people are brewing beer. Yeah. I assume people want to drink beer, though. Because people want to drink beer because that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but then um, I also read, like, he possibly had the help of his 12-year-old son, William, uh, which 12 year, making it to 12 back in that day is, like, fucking... Yeah, well... Yeah, well you're, you're 46. Is, is he's the only... Is it, yeah, that's right. He's the only yeah. kid that has made it to 12 <laughs> thus far. Well, he is the oldest, so, yeah. He was All born. the hands are dead. <laughs> it's just you and your mother and... It's just me and your mother and, and you, William. There'll be more hands to come. There'll be more hands to come. And there is, actually. Soon, um, yeah. <laughs> soon, <laughs> soon as I get the chance. <laughs> I got a brew, though. Brewing up another hand. <laughs> Batch A. Oh, God. Uh, he did all of this, like, work while continuing to attend to the cows, run the dairy, and do, like, the daily milk deliveries. Oh, that's nice. Uh, but being an unlicensed brewer came with a few problems early on. So even like back in 1862, like it was like, hey, you can't just brew beer and sell it kind of thing. Yep. So yep. He sought uh, professional advice on the sale of beer from a solicitor, uh, which I could find in his ledger records, um, cost him seven shillings and six pence. Rip off. Uh, well, actually, I 
tried to calculate that based on like weekly earnings and GDP and all yeah. that. Um, comes to about forty bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not That's sure not how much. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I'd trust a forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> You got, you got lawyers in your side of the family. Would they give me advice? Yeah, for $40, $40 bucks? seems like not very much. Mm. Yeah. Could I get some legal advice? Over $40 no. Bucks? Not quality legal well, advice. Well, I'm in so much trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. That's we'll, what, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, towards the end of 1862, Thomas realized like, to make a like, legit go of this, um, he would need to increase his brewing capacity. So he mortgaged his property uh, to Frederick Scarf, mayor of Norwood. Classic Scarfo. A butcher. Classic. They used to call him Scarface back in the day. <laughs> they did. Um, and one of the early directors of Harris Scarf. Oh, of course yeah, he there's was. A, there's another oh, tie in there. Um, and he was a customer of Thomas's Ale. Uh, so he mortgaged his property for £300. I did the maths again. About 30 grand by today's standards. Okay. So with all of that, he built a new brew house and he also sold up his cows and milk delivery run and so he's making like a real goal of this he's doing like what the brewers want to do yeah like that home brewer he's like yeah yeah the one he's like we're stepping it up that's right we're no hey. longer we're no longer just being to sit around doing piss all naming kids and we're gonna start putting money into brewing oh god and he looked like he's, he's like the legit first SA hipster like he had a big beard and oh, was like course. yeah like he was, he was doing this um so he started uh recru- recording his brews in 1862 Brilliant. by the late 1860s he was employing one man and his teenage son William everyone everyone at this time is called either, either Anne or William or Thomas yeah fucking um, hell so after well you're called Thomas so yeah but yeah yeah anyway but. um if you were a girl you would have been Anne yeah. I'm going to call you Anne anyway. After his initial success and expansion, uh, in the late 1860s, Thomas had many problems with the quality of his brews and the business. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't imagine why in the 1860s you'd have problems with live bacteria. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the business did not... We don't, we don't <laughs> clean anything after we've finished brewing. And I don't know what's going wrong. Uh, um. So the business did not fare well for that decade. Yeah. So well, he like he legit not was just well like making a shitty homebrew. Yeah, well, okay, basically. So so have you ever had like dirty? Well, I did homebrew. Soapy homebrew. I did homebrew once. Um, well, no, I did it like I was like the typical homebrew. I was like, I'll give it a try. First batch was shit. I'm like, well, I'll try mm-hmm. it again. Second batch because the Cooper's homebrew kits are the are the go to for people that are starting oh, yeah. out. That's yeah. right. And um, second batch was, like, great. And, like, friends drank mm-hmm. it and they said it was all right. They're probably just saying nice. The trick is to not brew lager. Like, don't brew anything that's, like, clear. Because if you brew, like, a stout or, like, an ale or something, uh-huh. there's there's a lot. The yeast's a bit hardier. And, you what like, if it tastes a bit, if there's grubby stuff going on in there, you can kind of mask it because the ale's kind of a bit, right. got a bit of a richer flavour anyway. Right. Whereas a lager is very clear and clean and crisp. And, and you know you what st- it's going to taste like. Yeah, and you yep. know what it's going to taste And if you stuff it up, it just tastes like soapy, okay, well, that soapy was my bath problem, water. Because I did, I did, because I like lagers, I just did lagers. So. Yeah. So that was my problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I made an awesome second batch. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it again. And yeah. third batch was shit. And then I just gave it up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so he, he's going like a whole hog with this. Um, so the brewery's not doing well. Um, so in nine, 1870, he sold all his property to meet his debts and moved to a rented premises in High Street, Kensington. Oh, Mrs. Kensington. You're still, you're still making bank if you're renting there. 
Oh, well, but yeah. maybe back in the day it was yeah. a shit. So it's not like you've you've sold everything and and you know That's moved it. to a slum. Yeah. By 1877, Thomas had resolved many of the quality problems, and in 1878, sales of... <laughs> he, he stopped just whacking off into the beer. Oh, oh, <laughs> going there. God damn it. Um, and in Come 18- back to me, Anne. <laughs> in 1878, sales were back to the level of the good years of the 1860s. Oh, oh it's all Anne, this beer. It's all Anne. <laughs> So in 1878, second son, John, went to work. Oh, John! Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, they've, finally, John they've finally gone for a different name. Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking, <laughs> every time we name a child Anne or William, it fucking dies. <laughs> Let's name it something else and see if it lives. And you know, like back I in think it might be cursed. <laughs> Uh, and you know how you like get parents that name their kids fucked up things these days? It's like, oh, it's she's little. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to here's, say. Here's my yeah. Here's like, my, oh, yeah. Here's here's my daughter Chardonnay. Yeah, and you're like, and you're like, like oh, you, you know, like John was an out there name back then or something like yeah. that. It's like, yeah. oh, you're not calling him William. Oh, you're not calling him William. <laughs> William or Thomas? Well, What's wrong with you, mate? All the other forty-five Williams and Adam killed off. Oh god. Um, but in the uh, late 1870s, um, there was a lot of competition between breweries at this time. Oh, it's yeah. picking up. It's picking up. Uh, records estimate there were about half a dozen breweries in Adelaide Ooh, in, 18, in this time. Um, but Thomas Cooper's ale was unique <laughs> in that it <laughs> contained more malaria than anyone else. <laughs> no, it was unique. That it contains he... <laughs> more blood of a dead end. Um, it was unique in that he used no sugar. Um, or ingredients <laughs> Natural, naturally sweetened. <laughs> it was just water. with the with the blood of a dead child. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cooper's not going to be happy with us. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, they got bigger things to worry about this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, quote. Conse- I'll do the voice. Consequently, ours being pure, the doctors recommend it to their patients. Like I'm, like he said that. That's a quote. That's interesting. That and they have that doctor's, but I couldn't find like any evidence backing this up. But even back in those days, people knew that sugar was just garbage. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and like we still just like live for it. Oh, we love it. Oh, we love it's it. the best. So um, but uh, yeah, so he said like doctors recommended it, and I think I read on the the side of a Doctor Tim's can, which mm-hmm. is there that. Cooper's kind of ale in a can um, that like oh doctors rec- recommended this for whatever that's where reason. the Doctor Tim's yeah that's where it came okay, from cool, I cool. think um, we probably should have one of those to go with this but instead we're having the prancing pony which is we are we are well look you know once once people have stopped hating Cooper's and it's politically um, acceptable for us to go back to drinking it then we will I'm gonna have one tonight. Yeah. Uh, consequently, yep, uh, doctors recommend it. So he wrote that in a letter to someone, but there's like kind of no proof of it. But the, okay. perhaps there is, perhaps I just didn't do enough research from the side of a can. No, that's fine. <laughs> and can. Ah, <laughs> that's where it comes from. And in a can, you want some? And <laughs> in a can, get a bit of that. <laughs> no, it's, okay. So okay. as I was mentioning before, yep. um, we totally, uh, the last homebrew that I did, yep. uh, I did it as um, I brewed it in a proper brewing plant mm-hmm. uh, so the you brew it at Kilburn yeah and um, a little shout out to them uh, but uh, like I did a big batch of it so it's like you, you pick the ingredients you put it all together yourself mm-hmm. it's home brew in the sense that you're it's like you know you're making yep. your own beer and you're selecting the ingredients but you you're using a proper facility it's prop you know it's 
bigger scale like what you can do at home. Okay. They boil the wort properly and then they cool it down with a, through a put it through a heat exchange and so rapidly cool it and then you put the yeast in and, okay. it, and so then this it's is better than a, my bucket. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. better than a bucket in in your airing cupboard, which is basically like how most people home brew. Find a cupboard. I left mine in the yard. Yeah, well, no, exactly. Yeah, like a little heat belt wrapped around it and it's <laughs> yeah, in the garage and yeah. you know you leave it there for twenty days. This is like an actual brewery, but okay. you're picking the ingredients, putting it together yourself, and then you're making the brew that you did. And I did it for my hockey team, um, made like a beer to celebrate us getting into the playoffs. Mm. But I was saying like if the podcast takes off, we could totally do a brew. We can't sell it, obviously, because that's against the law. But we if people do. came along to our events... And we, we could do Anne in a can. We could do Anne in a can. Oh, we can't do it in cans, though. Oh that, no! You can do it in cans. Oh, and in a can. Yeah, we can do it in a can. And in a can. Right, and in a can. No, like I said, we, we can't sell it, but people could come along to one. We could do a live podcast oh, event. Maybe at next year's fringe, and oh, people could come along and, and then have an in a can. And in yep. a can. And in a can. Okay. Beautiful. Let's do it. All right. Um, so, although one of the smaller South Australia brewers at the time, Thomas gained a reputation for quality. Ooh, quality. In 1867, he had over 120 customers, including... Uh, <laughs> which doesn't Sorry, sound that a lot. sounds... <laughs> he had over 14 like regular customers. <laughs> all hands. All, uh, all named Anne, one named William. <laughs> Oh, that one is a bit funny. Yeah. Um, so in, his customers included Samuel Davenport. He was oh. an early SA uh, landowner and parliamentarian. Uh, numerous man. politicians. Dr. Penfold, Ooh. as we know from Penfold's winery. Yep. Uh, and the Lord Bishop of Adelaide. Hello. But he did not supply pubs because, quote, uh, apparently it was against his principles. Because he hated the gays. <laughs> Right? Back that far. Well, I think everyone hated the gays back in the day. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. It's 1860. Right. Well, no. Ain't nobody got time for gays. So he wouldn't supply the Mars bar. Was the Mars bar open in 1860? Well, you've got to assume. Yeah, I guess so. I, like, despite the prejudice, you know, people throughout history have loved a bit of cock. So well, we can only assume that yeah. there must have been hangouts for people that oh, wanted to pursue. There definitely would have been. Alternate lifestyle. Yeah. Although Thomas continued to refuse to sell to pubs um, and the licensing law... So what was his issue with pubs? I don't know. He just said it was against his principles. I guess it was, I guess back in that day, they were just houses of debauchery yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. House of disrepute. Yeah. He was like, oh, I won't sell my, 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 my prize product in pub, but if you, want to come, if you want to be one of the 120 people that queues up in front of the house... And to get I've some Anna in a can, I've got a bucket, I can pour it and you can take it away oh. in a wheelbarrow. Oh. Yeah. Got pig slung over its shoulder. Wheelbarrow full of special brew. I can't look at you when you're doing the Box voice. full of Anna in a can. Oh, my God. But I won't sell to the pub because that is immoral. That is wrong. That is right wrong. Um, but the licensing laws, he wouldn't sell to pubs, but the licensing laws required his minimum sale to be five gallons, which is about 20 litres, I think, just under. Okay. So that's like, how many cartons is that? That's like... Two, three cartons? 20 litres. Well, 23 litres is like what you get in one of those homebrew kits. Okay. And that's usually like... Oh, fucking hell. Well, a bottle's what, 330 mil? Yeah. So a bottle's 330. So three of them are a litre. Yep. Just turning into a mathematics podcast. Um, so yeah, about two and a half cartons. Yeah. Like that. Okay, about two and a half cartons. Uh, that's probably wrong. Um, but anyway, like <laughs> regardless of this, his customer base continued to expand. Yeah, brilliant. They had 122 customers. All named Anne. <laughs> one John and one William. Uh, and on the 23rd of July, 1881, his first ale was brewed at a much larger scale. Uh, at a newly purchased location and specially built premises in uh, Leebrook. 
So, which is Burnside. Yeah, which is yep. Burnside. Um, so he's, he's an East End boy. Not West End. That's another story for another Adelol. Yeah, well, definitely. I don't even know any history about that, but we'll look into it. Um, but they're, they're not SA owned anymore, I think. Um, they're owned by Lion Nathan. Lion Nathan yeah. And then Lion Nathan tried to buy Coopers, but Coopers were like, fuck off. Coopers were like... Um, Nathan, that sounds like a that's man's a, yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Lion, that's a male animal. Yeah, mm. sounds a bit gay. Won't Main, sell. man. Yeah, we'll have none of this. <laughs> yeah, we'll have none of this <laughs> bend, bend shite. Uh, uh, in this time, his wife, Anne, bore four more children before dying suddenly in 1872. Oh, no. No, another Anne. You left me, Anne. Mm. She was survived by all five of her sons. All and, named William. And two... Of her six daughters. All so named Anne. Not a good run with the daughters. No. Uh, but in this time, like, if you're making it to, like, past, like, 20, you're like, that's old age. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Getting getting through childhood was the big was the big danger. Mm. Thomas remarried Sarah. Oh. No, Thomas remarried in 1874. Um, and his wife, Sarah Louise Perry, bore... Oh, okay. Eight children. He's like, I'm going in a different direction. <laughs> I'm thinking that Anne might not be another Anne might not be the best option uh, okay. for me. So his new wife had eight more kids. So so what? many eight more kids. So he's with got, him. With him, so many kids. Oh my gosh! Um, first one was called. He's got, he's got as many kids as he has customers. For <laughs> his customers, that's why they all died. Oh, it's, uh, okay. <laughs> it was those uh, brewing problems in 1862 that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, eight more children. Stanley. Well, it has the. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I'm thinking Anne. Well, it's a boy. Okay, I'm thinking Stan. Stanley. There we go. Uh, Thomas Perry. So I'm going to Thomas. Uh, Francis Frederick. Edmund. Fran. I'm thinking Anne. Well, that's a boy again. All right, Fran. Francis. Charles Edward and Lily Louise. I'm thinking Lillian. <laughs> Just shorten it, Thomas. <laughs> okay, Get Lily. Lily, it is. She's gone. She's not coming back. All twelve oh, of them. <laughs> All twelve of them. Oh, I miss you. Uh, have another beer. Have another beer. <laughs> drown your drown your sorrows. And uh, his last son, Walter, born in eighteen eighty two. Don't get too attached to Walter. Walter Ann. <laughs> well, Walter Ann. Don't get too attached uh, to Okay. Um, he's going to die horribly, obviously. Uh, well, he's going to die. Well, they all die. It's they all die, yes, yeah. Um, in 1882, Thomas's eldest son, William, had died. But by, oh, God. Yeah, but by this time, his like second and third sons, John and Christopher, were working at the brewery. And his fourth son, Joseph, joined them after he finished his schooling. So I guess this is why they had so many kids. Yeah, because half of them would die. Yeah, and like, yeah. We're like, well, if you want to continue on a legacy, because yeah. you're not going to live long. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, you've definitely. Got to, yeah, I guess it's just. But like, like historically speaking, yeah, it's like. Well, it's, I guess there's a couple of factors. One, there's no contraception, mm. and and so you know you, you have no choice. Every every time you have sex, you have to have a baby. Yeah. Um, but you've also got the fact that everyone just fucking dies. Yeah. God, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so under John's influence and mentoring, there was greater uniformity and of the materials used and the quality of the products steadily improved. Okay, so John Cooper is the is the the one that really made the product uh, what it is today. Yeah, John, like Thomas is like, all right, I've got this idea, let's get it all set up. And John was yeah. like, well, you know, it could be better if we did this, this, and this. And so he's kind of like actually yeah, sell to yeah. pubs. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, not the pubs. Not the pubs. Not the pubs. That's where the gays hang out. <laughs> we'll have none of that. Uh, in 1882, uh, production increased to 30,000 gallons. Oh. Oh, I'm not going to do the leaders on that. Um, and in the mid-1880s, like 48,000 gallons, uh, with the brewery employing several men. Seven men. Men? Several men. Men? Oh. Well, they named Dan. <laughs> the South Australian economic depression of the 1880s and Hang the on. 1890s. South Australia had an economic depression yeah. of the 1880s. So, another history repeats itself. Uh, so, that suppressed the demand. Uh, but for the next 10 years, production uh, was kind are of we, like. Are steady. we going to do an episode on just uh, 19, 1880s, 18, 1880s, and, and then that made me think about 1980s? Are we going to do a, uh, an episode on the, the collapse of the state bank? We could do that. We oh, could do that. To, okay. Oh, you I'm do that. One. Do that. That'll be a good one. We'll make it funny. Uh, it's like <laughs> economic collapse, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's Adelong. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Cooper retired from general work in the early 1890s, so he was like 70 at this point. Like, hang on, I think that's that's a solid run. 70. Like in run. that age, like I would be yeah. 70 now. Oh man! Uh, his son John was now running the business with Christopher, so it seems like John like was the one who had his shit together. Yeah, like yeah. Said. He knows what he's doing. Um, so around this time, like another one or two kids died, I think. Ugh, um, yeah. And his fifth son, uh, Walter. Samuel, Walter, and, is Walter still cracked? Still gone? Six son Stanley, oh. Stanley came to the brewery when they finished school. So I guess that's what they did. They finished school. It was like it was like any family business. It was like a fruit veg shop. It's like oh you yeah, just, yeah, after yeah. school you just yeah. Come here. After school, come down, do some brewing. Oh, that's all right. But it was only the sons, so I guess that's um, uh, how it was. Um, Stanley uh, and even the grandkids, like, so William, his eldest son, had some grandkids and they were all working, like, at the, okay. the factory. Yeah. Um, so um, the grandkids, Will, Frederick, Charles, and Walter. Walter died of malaria at the age of 20. Malaria. Malaria. Oh, God. Thomas Cooper died in 1897, so super old. Yeah, 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 really. Uh, survived by his wife, and get this: nine of his 19 children, seven sons and two so daughters. So ten were dead. <laughs> so more than 50. The majority of his children were dead. Yeah, that's grim. That's grim. I got three kids. Mm. I would, yeah, yeah, yes. Just thinking yeah. about it that way, but. I guess that's why well, you had so many. That, that, but yeah, but that's it. Was that's that just life thing. then? But that's the crazy thing. It's like, I've, I've only got one, mm. but, you know, the, the, the planning and thought around that is, we've got one, we'll probably have another one. Call it Anne. What do we, yeah, call yeah. it Anne. What that's do you do after that? You arm and are about maybe having a third, yeah. but go back a hundred years and it's like, if you don't have a minimum of three, you, yeah, you're, you're going to end up with start. none because if all three of them get scarlet <laughs> fever or that's malaria right. or whatever, mm. you got no kids. And Titus. That's right. Uh, before Thomas passed away, he handed over the reins of the brewery to uh, four of his sons, and so began a proud family tradition that has continued in an unbroken chain of six generations for more than 150 years to this day. It's an unbroken chain, but, you know, yeah. there's many links in the chain that have fallen off because <laughs> the kids have dropped dead. Oh, oh, dead children. So that, Tom, is the story of Thomas Cooper. That's great. Isn't it just? Good on him. There's a... It was a little dark. I was reading it. I was like, oh, this is a bit dark. It is a bit dark, but, but yeah, you is that know. Is just what history is? But maybe that's why he hates the gays so much, because he's like, you know, it's... Maybe he that's doesn't. What, no, well, he, well, 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 yeah. That's how it is. It is what it is. 
It is what it is. Don't let companies make a decision for you. Don't boycott. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, maybe, maybe that's the issue that they have with uh, with gay people. They're like, you've got to have lots of kids because you've got to have lots of kids. Most of them call down because most of them will die. Um, and if you're gay, you're not having any kids. So that's their whole that's their whole issue. That's true. Could be just all about the ends. It's all about the ends. All about lad. the ends. So that that's the story of Thomas Cooper. So yeah, um, you did you uh, study history to some extent? Uh, uh, yeah, but not not local history. Or yeah, but you know about history, I guess. Yeah, you know more than me. So is that just the way things were? Just everyone died all the time. Oh, it depends. Like um, it, it, the weird thing is, it's it, it actually got worse after um after agriculture became the kind of standard way of um cultivating producing food it actually right. got worse okay so interestingly enough like if you go back really really far into history when people were hunter gatherers they had a more diverse diet they lived longer mm. and they were generally healthier um moving around and you know living off the land well, yeah, when it's people, all natural. Yep. yep and you know also the fact that you know you're yeah you have diversity of diet and that kind of stuff well, as soon as you start stop it as soon as you people start settling down in communities and living in one place mm-hmm using agriculture to sustain themselves, they start living less. They tend to get more kind of things like waterborne diseases. So if you're constantly drinking from the same lake... Yeah, because everyone's using and, the lake. Yeah, and, yep. the lake, and shitting in the same lake, <laughs> you end up with cholera. There's Cooper's Ale in there. Yeah, sort of there's Cooper's Ale. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you get sick. Or if you're, you know, you're reusing the same land to grow the same kind of crops, you end up getting sick because there's no diversity in your diet. Like, you're always eating the same grains, you're always mm. eating the same, you know, potatoes, fruit, whatever. Um, so, yeah, interestingly, people's teeth got worse, their health, their general health got worse as once we started sitting down and living in, like, staying oh. and living in agrarian societies and stopped moving around and oh, living yeah. hunter-gatherer. There you go. Yeah. More so, on. yeah, so it was better, then it got worse, and then it got better, obviously, as, like, modern medicine came along and yeah. um, no communities more. and society got more advanced and we were able to work out things like germ theory of disease yeah. and you're supposed to wash your hands and all that kind of stuff. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you've gone to the toilet. So yeah, so yeah. now we know how to brew beer. That's right. But like, they still use like basically the same recipe that, that Thomas Cooper and yeah, totally. the John yeah. refined. So they're still using that, that kind yeah. of gear today. So it's uh, it's amazing. And interesting, like Cooper's is all bottle uh, fermented, right? Like it's, um, it's yeah, like the you, that's why you get the pale ale and you have to and you roll, roll it across it. the yep. table because it's yep. got like it's the got sediment the, in the bottom yep. and you roll it and you get the flavour out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, because I like a lot of breweries. They use like cleaning agents to get all the crap out of the beer. Um, but Coopers, they they have a best after date on the bottle. That's right. So they brew it, they put it in the bottle, and then it's that's like the after this day, it'll taste. So you need a bit more time to actually let it ferment. Yeah. So that's cool. So yeah, that was cool. When I did my home brewing, um, I I used to work at a recycling depot, and we got those Grolsch bottles. And you know those those you got the flip lids. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, can... oh well, I'll do the same thing, and I'll let it ferment in the bottle. So I had all the bottles, like, in the cup of And they get out and there's this glass everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so don't do that. But I tell you who do do the brewing well, though, um, this Prancing Pony. Oh, yeah. With the amber ale. Outstanding. Long flavour. I don't know what that means. Uh, It's a full-bodied amber ale, I might say. Yeah, definitely. I would uh, I'd even say it has um, earthy hop flavours. It's delicious. I actually am reading You'd go so far as to say it was a delicious... And Burrell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. All right.